This is no false alarm. Well, and Fire and Emergency Services are back, and the timing couldn't be better. Next week, October 9th to the 15th, is Fire Prevention Week, and this year marks the 100th anniversary of this observance in the world of fire awareness. It's crucial to practice fire safety every day of the year, and we are welcoming Michael Atkins, Fire Prevention Officer, to share helpful reminders on how to stay fire safe. So, check your smoke alarm batteries, plan your escape, and prepare to learn. What's up, Welland? Welcome to another episode of What's Up Well, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Michael Atkins, Fire Prevention Officer. Michael, thank you for taking time this morning to join us. Oh, thank you for having us. So, <laughs> us, you know what? Well, you serve a whole department, so you're, uh, you're here on behalf of everybody. For sure. Um, so it's almost Fire Prevention Week, which is happening from October 9th to 15th. And as somebody who is, well, you're a Fire Prevention Officer, you live and breathe this stuff every day. What is this week in particular mean to people in the fire prevention world? Well, fire prevention week for, for the fire service, for fire prevention officers, it's really an opportunity for fire departments to have a single common message that we're putting out throughout Canada and the United States all at once. Throughout the year, any given fire department is going to have you know, fire and life safety messaging that they're giving on a variety of really important topics. But fire prevention week allows us to just say, hey, right now, at this moment in time, this is the message that we all want you to hear and all want you to uh, um, take to heart. What drew you towards fire prevention? Uh, that's a great question. So it's, it's actually twofold. One, fire prevention, I, I love it because it gives me an opportunity to stop fire before it starts um, or to limit the spread of fire if it, if it does occur. It's really about uh, life safety, and that's obviously very, very important. The second reason is that I am just way too cuddly to be a firefighter. Um, I'm continually amazed at the commitment that our firefighters have to put into, uh, you know, being physically ready to do the job. And I just, I like cookies too much. <laughs> so Michael, thank you for explaining that fire prevention week is across Canada and the United States. It's that one time that it's, it's a united message. This year's theme is fire won't wait, plan your escape. So Canada, North America, everywhere. That's what the focus that's, is. That's the focus, yeah. What are some basic actions that you're encouraging people well into across Niagara, across Ontario, that they can take that's in line with this theme? Well, that, I love that question because a lot of people hear that, that theme, fire don't, won't wait, plan your escape, and they think it just simply means just know how to get out of your house. It's a lot more than just knowing where the doors are in your home. It's about making sure that everyone in the family knows where the outside meeting place is. Um, and that's one of our big focuses is making sure that you do have an outside meeting place, someplace that if there's a fire and you go out the back door and your wife goes out the front door and your kids go out the side door, everyone's going to end up at the same spot and everyone's going to know that everyone's safe. Um, it's about making sure that you have uh, your means of egress unobstructed. So the doors aren't blocked. The pathways in and out of rooms are not, uh, there's no tripping hazards, nothing on the stairs that you might fall down in, in an emergency. It's about making sure that you're aware of not just where the exits are, but which exits to use in a, in any given circumstance. People are creatures of habit and they'll tend to go to the door they use most frequently. That may not be the best option, uh, depending on where the fire is. So make sure that you're practicing and thinking about if the fire was in this spot, 
where's my next best way to go? And am I ready to do that automatically in the event of an, an emergency? So it's a little bit about, um, you know, knowing your home in a sense. I mean, we, we go to our home every day. Like you said, we have our tendencies. Oh, I always go out the front door. I go out the garage door, whatever. But, you know, this theme for fire prevention week, you know, maybe one of the takeaways is really kind of, you know, take a look at your home, study your home a little bit Correct. and get yeah. a little bit more familiar with, you know, what is that secondary option if that familiar point of exit or entry isn't available? For sure. For sure. If we're talking options, um, so people have gotten out of the home, where should they go? What's that safe distance or what's that if people have gone out of three different doors? How far away from the home should they plan to meet to keep themselves as safe as possible? Well, you know, we don't want to be meeting on the front porch, that's for sure. Um, we'd like to see, you know, if there's a tree in the front yard that's close to the to the sidewalk. You know, uh, uh, there's no prescribed distance per se, uh, but, you know, the neighbor's, the neighbor's porch, the, the tree in the yard, the stop sign on the corner, as long as you're on the sidewalk, right? We, we prefer that you not be crossing the street. We prefer that your meeting place not be the fire hydrant that the firefighters are going to need to, to use when they arrive on scene. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, in the past I've, I've taught to school children to say, Oh, our meeting place is at the car in the driveway. The problem is the car might not be there. And for, kids that could be confusing they come out and wait wait a second i'm supposed to be meeting at the toyota and the toyota is not there where do i go now so make sure that it's a stationary place again as you said make sure it's a safe distance that's uh that's going to be dependent on your home and, and the layout uh, you're the best judge of that but make sure that you know everyone's safe and it's, it's close enough that they can get to you quickly but far enough away that the, they're safe one of the things I've seen uh, in a communications role working for a municipality for the last handful of years when it comes to fire safety and working with uh, fire departments, and we're talking about home escape plans, are the visuals, right? The hand-drawn, right, let's, yeah. you know, as a family, hey, let's all draw what we think this home fire escape plan looks like, compare notes, make sure that everybody's on the same page. Is that an activity you would recommend oh, to families sure. to, yeah, you know, regardless of the kid's age to, to get involved with? And that's something that, I mean, you can... Get those activities off the internet. The fire department, we definitely have them that we hand out at different events we go to. Uh, but it can be as simple as just grabbing a, a piece of paper and some markers or some crayons and, and drawing a little outline of your house. And some of the things you want to put on there, you want to make sure you've got the primary exits labeled, uh, your second ways out labeled. We'd like to see you put on there uh, the smoke alarms, the carbon monoxide alarms, so that everyone in the house is kind of aware of you know, this is where our alarms are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then of course the outside meeting place and, uh, uh, preferably the, the 911 number as well. I, I get it. I understand that most people know 911. Um, just a brief story. I used to work in a, a commercial setting at a, we had a very small, very small incident at the property I was working at. And I, I said to the owner, call 911. And her response to me was, what's the number? And I was floored. I said, well, 911. She says, but yeah, but what's not? And then, and then you saw the light bulb go off like, oh, 911, right? It's, it seems like it's so simple, but when we're in an emergency situation, sometimes the simple things escape us. So put it on the, on the plan, review the plan, practice the plan, and then you're ready for, to implement the plan. If it ever had to come to that. 
Um, so you're, you're talking about simple things. And thank you for opening that door. When we had Fire Chief Eckhart on a couple months ago, we spoke about smoke alarms and that simple phrase of smoke alarms save lives. This year's theme, fire won't wait, plan your escape. It seems like another simple, straightforward batch of words. What are some of those other seemingly simple, but just at the end of the day, potentially life-saving ideas that people should just focus on when it comes to fire? Well, well, the fire department, the fire service as a whole, we love our little simple sayings, like our little rhymes, like look while you cook, right? Candle with care. Um, for the older generation, you know, the, the, I think it's a Patsy Cline song, Stand By Your Man. Yep. Yeah. Stand by your pan, right? <laughs> um, whatever little sayings we can come up with to help you remember, uh, we do. But it is, like you said, it's simple. The smoke alarms save lives. It's simple. Uh, plan your escape. Simple. A lot of what we teach is simple because fire safety really isn't that complicated. It's just about making simple changes in your life. When you're cooking, don't leave the cooking unattended. Stay in the kitchen and look while you cook. Uh, if you're using candles, uh, make sure that you're using them safely. They should be on a, sa- uh, a flat surface. They should be away from uh, children or pets. They shouldn't be close to anything like curtains that can catch on fire. Um, these are not, you know, crazy ideas that, uh, oh, who would have ever thought to do that? Like it, it's, it's all very simple stuff. We just want you to do the simple things and you'll be safe. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned about, you know, candles on, on a flat surface and keeping away from children's pets. I've got a dog at home who's got a tail like a wrecking ball. And, you know, as you were saying that, all I could think of is, yeah, I can picture if that candle wasn't up high enough or wasn't in a seat, he's going to walk by, tail wagon, knocks it over. Next thing you know, whatever, you know, mess the kids have left is, is on fire and boom, like that, just like right? That. It starts and... You know, just kind of going back to that, you know, your little story about, you know, dial 911, what's the number? When you're in a, a state of panic or, um, you know, confusion, whatever, something so simple can be hard to, to wrap your, your brain around. Um, so it, it's interesting to hear it directly from you because again, you and, and the fire department, you live it, you breathe it every day, you see it all the time. And something as simple as don't walk away from whatever it is you're cooking. You've seen the outcome of what happens. Whereas, you know, for some of us, we might think, oh, well, I'm just going to the other room for a second. I'll be right back. But that's all it takes. So typically, and I mean, things change year to year, whatever. But typically, the leading causes of fire are frequently careless cooking, careless smoking, careless use of candles. And if you notice, all of the major causes of fire careless, right? You just, I, I wasn't thinking and maybe I, I wasn't thinking for a minute or maybe I wasn't thinking at all, but you know, it's don't leave the cooking unattended when you, another saying, oh, we love our rhymes. Uh, when you go out, blow out, right? When you leave a room where the candle's being used, blow out the candle. It's the little things that, oh, I didn't think that if I just left the, the candle for 10 minutes, that it, there'd be a problem. Yeah. Well, there could be, could be. So with that in mind, don't do care or don't follow through on careless actions. Someone has left their cooking unattended. Someone has been less than mindful with regards to a candle and a fire starts. Right. When that's the case, 
how long do people actually have to respond to get out of a home safely? How quickly do things escalate? So there's a lot of variables. Um, I, I can't give it an exact number because uh, things will change based on um, type of material that was first ignited, the type of flame that was um, was used. Was it a direct flame impingement or was it, you know, something overheating? Um, there's a really, really great video that I would encourage people to check out. It's on, uh, you can get it on YouTube. It's called No Time to Spare. It was produced by the Ontario Fire Marshal's office. There's a 10-minute version, but realistically, you can watch the three-minute version. And it gives a really dramatic um, demonstration of how little time you might have. What happened was there was a fire a number of years ago at a military base in Ontario. So the government owned the the building. It was a a duplex with a, a firewall in between. And the fire... Uh, occurred on one half. Unfortunately, it was a fatal fire. Somebody did pass away in the fire, but they had permission to burn the second half of the home and they create, recreated the, uh, the exact same circumstances, the same layout, same furnish, furnishings. And in that instance, um, they lit the fire. They had some, you know, testing measures in there. And within two and a half minutes of the fire starting, the temperature on the ground floor was over 700 degrees Celsius. That is not typical, but it is possible. So that's why we really preach, you know, get out, stay out, um, and, and get out quickly. Know your escape plan, right? So with, um, you know, it, if you're cooking and whatever it is you're cooking in the pan catches fire, you know, we know that there's certain, you know, don't throw water on a grease fire, for right, example, yeah. right? Um we're learning more about that, but I think there's still a lot of people, again, there's that moment of, oh my gosh, something's on fire. Let me throw water on it. That might exacerbate the problem and, you know, grease fire, it will. It will, yeah. Um, but when that happens, if somebody doesn't have access to a fire extinguisher or the means to safely put out that fire, should they just cut and run and get outside, call the fire department or what's that level yeah, of... No, that's our... Uh we're always going to be most comfortable as a fire department with you getting out safely and calling us to put out the fire. That's always going to be our preference. Um, our number one goal is to make sure you're safe and your family's safe. Priority number two is your property. And we will do everything we can to protect your property and, and save your property. But our number one goal is to make sure that everyone in your family is, is safe. And yes, if, if that happens, cut and run, as you said. Get out, stay out, call the fire department. Uh, Welland has a full-time uh, career fire staff that will be on scene unbelievably quickly. I've been a fire prevention officer in a number of municipalities. Um, they're, they've, they've all been great. But Welland is just, I can't say enough about how quickly our firefighters get on scene and how well they do their jobs. I they they have saved many buildings that I wouldn't have thought could be saved, and they've saved uh, in people that um, really it's been astounding. And I guess at the end of the day, the property can be replaced; people cannot. Correct. If that's if that's the order of how things need to happen, people and property, property is replaceable. Correct. Um, 
Do you have any stories that you can share with us about successes you've seen, something that just through your career, whether it's been with Welland or another municipality that just still to this day stands out as this is fire safety at its absolute best? Well, for sure. Um, in the, I've been Welland for about two and a half years and already in the time that I've been here, there's been a number of instances where fire prevention staff or the firefighters have been in and, uh, Often what will happen is the firefighters will go in. They'll notice that there's a fire safety deficiency. They'll notice the fire. They'll notify the fire prevention staff. We'll go in and we'll work with the owners to bring the building into um, Ontario Fire Code compliance. There have been numerous instances in the two and a half years that I've been here where we have done that. Um, gone in and done what we call compensating construction, which is uh, basically go in and make a building safer. Um, you know, or we've gone in and put up alarms or had the owner put up additional alarms or missing replacement missing alarms and then uh had an incident occur you know a week later a month later six months later and um the inner uh the intervention that we took directly affected the outcome in a positive manner one of the first properties i was involved with i'm not going to give the address but it was a multi-residential building uh, we had a complaint that their fire alarm system was not working we went in and discovered that that was the case. The fire alarm system was not working at all. Uh, we made them fix the fire alarm immediately uh, and then uh, address a number of other fire safety issues in the building. But two weeks later, there was a small fire in one of the units and the fire alarm system worked properly. Everyone was able to get out safely. That was a victory for us. But to be honest, uh, most of our biggest wins are the wins we never hear about because we changed someone's practices. Um, and so the fire never occurred. And that's our ultimate goal is not to make sure that the fire doesn't spread um, beyond where it started. We'd rather just have the fire not start to begin with. So as far as the wins you, you don't find out about, um, education, I'm sure, is a big part of that. What's the youngest that people should start learning about or start practicing that, the good fire safety? Uh, there, there's no minimum age. Um, the thing with, with fire safety is if you want your kids to take fire safety seriously, um, it's a demonstrated thing. Show them that you take fire safety seriously. So as a small child, uh, show them that you're testing the, the smoke alarms. Talk to them about why you're testing the smoke alarms and why you're changing the batteries and why we're practicing the, uh, the fire escape plan and why we're drawing the fire escape plan. And, uh, you know, be active in showing them that, um, it matters to you and it should matter to them. That said, um, unfortunately, a lot of the time, it's not the parents educating the children about fire safety. It's the other way around. Some of our best ambassadors for fire safety are actually the kids. Cause when we, when we educate children and we can get through to them how important the message is, they take that and they run with it and they can be relentless in making sure that their parent, we have to check our smoke alarms. Firefighter Mike said we have to check <laughs> our, our smoke alarms. And, um, so it's, you know, it actually ends up working both ways. Is this a busy week for firefighter Mike in terms of education or do you educate basically through the entire school year for kids? Well, we, yeah, fire prevention and education is a, is an ongoing thing for us. 
<clears throat> pardon me. Um, as we, we tend to focus a lot on our social media, uh, education because we can reach a, a large audience, um, relatively easily, but, uh, that's, that's an ongoing thing. But fire prevention week is definitely a little bit more, um, in depth. We'll be putting out messaging all week next week. Um, we've got a couple of events that we'll be attending. We'll be at Rona on October the 9th and again on October the 15th from 9 a.m. until 12 p.m. Uh, we'll have an information table set up there. Um, some things to hand out to the kids if they're with you, but we're really there to, uh, to teach and answer questions. That's great. Um, and that was going to be the question I had for oh, you. It was just, no, no, no. Hey, it's, uh, it's always better when, uh, you can beat us to it. So, um, before we let you go though, and, and ask you our final question, is there anything fire safety related that is always top of mind for you or that maybe we haven't touched on today that you want to make sure people are aware of, or have we done a pretty good job of, I of think we've done a pretty that? good job. I just, uh, I know it's the simple one, mm-hmm. uh, working smoke alarms save lives. As a fire prevention officer going into building after building after building, I can tell you, uh, I am, I am shocked at the number of homes that I go into where the alarms are not working. The batteries have been taken out. The batter, the, the alarms have been taken down. The alarm is expired and needs to be replaced. Um, it's, it's about protecting your family. This should be priority number one. Always. And, uh, I get that you don't like it when the smoke alarm's chirping. The battery costs $2. Replace the battery. I get that you don't like it when the alarm goes off because you burnt the toast. Maybe you can relocate that smoke alarm. Maybe you can get a different type of alarm. There's, uh, there's two primary types of smoke alarms, photoelectric and ionization. Photoelectric alarms are less likely to go off, um, because of burnt toast or, uh, the shower, uh, humidity, right? There's things that you can do. Get an alarm that's got a silence button on it. There's a lot of different things that you can do to keep your family safe and not uh, worry about the the alarm's been taken down or the battery's been taken out. It's simple. Just do it. There you go. Firefighter Mike says, it's simple. Just do it. Love it. Um, Now, our last question to you. If you're picking up pizza for, uh, you know, everybody at the firehouse over there at HQ and, uh, you know, it's your turn to buy, are you getting pineapple on that pizza? This is actually something that I feel very passionate about <laughs> Love and, it. and I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. I've already had this conversation with my children. Um, when my time comes, the epitaph on my tombstone, they have specific instructions to say pineapple does not belong on pizza. Firefighter Mike said it. Well, I hope we don't see that tombstone anytime soon. Well, thank you. Um, but but uh, that is how passionate I feel about uh, that. That is, will be my legacy. It, it's uh, his legacy will be about pineapple on pizza, not smoke alarms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have to etch another line in there. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you sharing uh, all that information about fire safety, uh, about fire prevention week. Uh, and, and just reminding us again how simple the changes in our lives can be to keep us safe, to keep our family safe. Uh, and you know, as the days goes on here, I'm sure we'll have you back, and we'll be uh, continuing to promote that message of fire safety. So, thank you again for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So it is time for Mark and I to bridge the gap, and 
a great conversation with Michael Atkins. Gave us a lot to think about, a lot to dig into. With everything that he gave us, I'm jumping onto the the simple pieces. It's those simple, catchy slogans that Well and Fire and Emergency Services have come up with that at the end of the day, save lives. The not leaving candles unattended, not walking away from cooking. And as we learned today, as we learned months ago, check the batteries in your smoke alarm. Um, basic, just those in the blink of an eye moments, if you are paying attention to them, they could be the difference between a fire that gets out of control and threatens lives and property versus you staying safe and comfortable in your home. So, Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Well and Fire and Emergency Services, for the lessons you just keep reiterating and drilling down to keep all of us safe in our community. Mark, what was your learning with uh, with today's chat? Well, fire won't wait, so plan your escape. You know, that's the theme of uh, Fire Prevention Week coming up October 9th to 15th. Um, and it's true. I mean, it's a very, again, go go back to that simple message, that, that simple kind of phrasing that really we can all understand and, and absorb. So, uh, you know, drawing out a fire escape plan with your kids, with markers, you know, it, it might seem a little, um, you know, out of character for you, right? Picking up a Crayola and, and uh, you know, drawing a, a bit of a blueprint of your house. But if you ever needed to put that plan into action, I would imagine you're going to be very thankful that you took the time to map it out, to practice it, to find that meeting spot outside to make sure that everybody is safe and accounted for. So, um, yeah, be mindful, keep things simple and, you know, just pay attention to, to the little things that you can do in your day-to-day life when it comes to fire safety. Uh, so again, yes, thank you to Michael Atkins and all of our, our well and firefighters and everybody in the fire department who helped keep us safe every day of, uh, of the week throughout the year. And if you want to, uh, catch our previous episode with fire chief Adam Eckhart, it is on our, uh, you can find it on the podcast, of course, at, uh, engagewellin.ca slash podcast. And just give it a quick search for Fire Chief Adam Eckhart. I can't recall the name of the episode off the top of my head, but that's okay. Uh, and of course, as always, you can head to that page for any uh, future episode or future episode ideas, past episodes, etc. I'm rambling now, so we're going to cut it off. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Michael Atkins, and we'll catch you next time on What's Up, Welland. Mm-hmm.